there's a lot going on today. Um, afterwards, we've got uh, Sunday school presentations and things like that. So um, I'm going to, it's going to be a very short sermon today so that we're not too pressed for time. Um, and also, I've been asked, there's been a request from the Sunday school to teach, to uh, speak to all the Sunday school children, most of whom aren't here at the moment, so hopefully they'll watch the recording later, um, about the topic of confession. As you know, we've been working through the cafes plus P, um, ascetic disciplines, confession, um, almsgiving, fasting, Eucharist, scriptures, saints, all undergirded with prayer. And today, we're all out of order, all got jumbled up because of different things out of our control. But today's the first one, which is confession. This is the first C, confession. Um, <clears throat> in the gospel today, we had the story of the uh, woman who had a, uh, an infirmity in her back for 18 years. And Jesus came along and he healed her. And she was freed from her infirmity. And she said, um, she actually, uh, Jesus said, she was a daughter of Abraham who Satan had bound for 18 years. And when it comes to uh, being a human being, we can be bound, maybe not by a bad back, but by sins and by things that we know are wrong. And they make us feel guilty, they make us feel ashamed, uh, and they kind of really, Satan ties us up in knots over these things. And God doesn't want us to be uh, all tied up in knots and ashamed and guilty. He wants us to be freed from that. And just like Jesus healed this daughter of Abraham, he wants to heal us. And this is where the confession comes in, where we can be released from our sins and freed again. Um, I found an interesting thing in my preparation about the 18 years. What's the meaning of the, Why 18 years? Why not 17 years? Why not 20 years? 18 years. And some, some of the church fathers say, well, the 10 stands for the law, the 10 commandments, and the 8 stands for the resurrection. Christ rose from the dead, and therefore uh, everything's changed. We're not bound by Satan anymore. We're not bound by our sins. We're freed because of his resurrection and because of his, his cross, his, uh, his ministry on the cross for our sins. So uh, we're reminded in the epistle, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, under those ten, to redeem those who were under the law so that they might receive adoption as sons. So this is the gospel. Uh, the confession is all to do about the gospel, why Jesus came to free us from the clutches of the devil and to free us from our sins. Because he still has power over us if we allow him, only if we allow him. Uh, and so confession is really the key here. Many years ago now, a young man came to see me and he told me that he'd been to see uh, a lot of doctors, a doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor. I couldn't believe it when he told me. But he said the last doctor he'd seen said, you don't need a doctor, you need a priest. So he came to, the, he came to me, the priest, and he confessed his sins and he was released, just like the woman from her infirmity. He was released from his sins. Um, uh, he's, he's gone on, he's got married, he's got children, got a happy family and everything. So this is the power of the confession. When it comes to confession, what, what do we confess? I was very struck by Archimandrite Asthenogenes, 
who was from the Pskov Petchery Monastery. <laughs> I'm sure I didn't say that right, but that's my best attempt. And he was an elder at that monastery. And he would always uh, ask his, his spiritual children to confess two things before they did everything else. Firstly, their... Um, well, firstly, he said, because, because we're born into this world and the world's gone wrong, we are caught up in sin. That's, it's kind of normal. It's not normal to be... That's not the norm for the human, but we're caught up in it all the time. We have to accept that. Um, but we mustn't despair. And we mustn't be miserable. We have to be like children. And he used an illustration um, where he said, a child who breaks even the most expensive vessel still goes weeping to his father... And the father who sees him weeping forgets about the vessel, forgets about the vase, picks up his child, kisses him, hugs him, and calms him down, imploring him not to cry. He said, that's a picture of God. When we've done something wrong, we've sinned, we know we've done something wrong, we must come back to God, even though we feel ashamed and we feel guilty. And he is like the father who sees our tears and he picks us up, hugs us, tells us um, not to uh, to cry and forgives us. Um, and he always asked his spiritual children to pray, to confess two things first. And the first thing was um, being ungrateful to God for all that he gives us. That was the first thing. And this leads to a lot of problems. If we're not grateful to God, oh, you know, I wish I was this, or I wish, I, wish my nose was a different shape, or my ears didn't stick out, or I wish I was a boy when you're a girl, or I wish I was a girl when you're a boy, or something. This is being ungrateful to God. We have to accept what God has given us, the nose he's given us, the ears he's given us, everything. We have to be thankful for all those things. And, um, so, and there's other things. We're, some, sometimes our circumstances are very hard. It's very hard to be grateful to God when the circumstances are going going wrong. Very hard. But we need to always be grateful to God. So that was the first thing he got them to confess. And the second one, the second thing he got them to confess was a genuine fear of God. A genuine fear of God. And talking to young people, if you really feared God, you wouldn't steal, would you? Or you wouldn't lie. Because God's watching. God knows. And you wouldn't be jealous of other people. You wouldn't be angry with your brother or your sister. You know, the commandments even say that we have to love our brothers and sisters. You know, it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> but we do, even if they're difficult. So only after they confess those two sins, their ungratefulness and their lack of genuine fear of God, would he then go on to ask them to go into details about other things. The most wonderful thing about us as human beings is that we have been created to contain God. I wonder if you've ever thought of that. We have been created to contain God. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. And if because of this, this is why we need to make sure that we are clean from sin and free from sin so that he can dwell in us. Because He's not going to rest until he invades our heart and, and enthrones himself in our hearts. Even though we struggle, he'll keep coming back. 
And if we allow him to enter regularly through communion on Sundays, he'll change our lives to be beautiful lives like his. St. Paul said, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And that's what we're aiming for. There's two kinds of confession. One is private, one is the sacramental. The private confession, 1 John 1, 9, uh, the apostle there says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's cheering. That's good news. <laughs> Wonderful news. Um, so if, you, if you're out you know, in the fields and you're hammering something and you hammer your thumb and you go, oh my goodness me, I've just broken my thumb. <laughs> As you do. Um, and you say something maybe you shouldn't have said, you would say, oh God, forgive me, have mercy upon me, I'm sorry, I, I reacted like that, please forgive me. That's a sort of private, small confession. Then there's the sacramental confession, which is more serious. Uh, things, it could, be, uh, it could be stealing, it could be telling lies, things like that, and they, they weigh on your conscience. You can't, you can't get them out of your mind, it's bothering you. In other words, the devil's using that to sort of make you unhappy, and upset. So you need, the, you need the sacramental confession. And this is where, if you come early in the, on Sunday morning during matins, you'll see people after, person after person coming up and standing in front of the cross, in, in front of the icon of Christ, uh, with me standing next to them, making their confession. Uh, they're telling, um, making their confession and um, getting themselves right with God. Uh, and this is very important. If you go to a Russian church, then they will expect you to do that confession every, every time you take communion. But in the Antiochian church, we, uh, what, what's encouraged is that we do the sacramental confession during the fasting times, the penitential times during the year, the four times during the year. Uh, and this is one of them. Actually, this is one of them now. Um, the nativity fast. So this is a time when, in the Antiochian church, people are encouraged to come and confess. Uh, you may not have any major sins, like you've murdered anybody since the last confession, but you might have been angry, and Jesus said, if you're angry with your brother, you've, you've you committed murder. So if you, when, we read the, um, when you read the Sermon on the Mount, um, we realize that there's a lot going, a lot, Jesus is looking a lot deeper in our hearts. And so it's appropriate to come from time to time to uh, clean ourselves out before God. Each morning, for the, those of you who are grandparents or patriarchs and so on, ahead of the families, but everybody, each morning I stand in front of my icons and um, I thank God. I actually, I actually hold... The, the icon of the Trinity in front of me, on my, on my chest. And I thank God that he is love. The Father loves the Son, who loves the Holy Spirit, who loves the Father. The Father loves the Holy Spirit, who loves the Son, who loves the Father. God is love. And he created this vast universe because of his love, for love. And then I confess to God that my, my sorrow at all the times that I've disturb that love and I haven't allowed that love to sort of fill his universe and then, and then I pray for my family 
uh, that God will forgive them. And I pray for my kinsmen after the flesh that God will pray for them, forgive them. And then I pray for my Godchildren that God will forgive them. And then I pray for the parish, all of us, that God will forgive all of us. Because that's what sin is. It's disturbing God's love. And um, so uh, it's good to admit that. Every Sunday you might think, why should you come to talk to me? Because I'm a sinner. You know that. Every Sunday I, I come out of here and say, brothers and sisters, forgive me for I'm a sinner. It's a good, it's a good part of the liturgy, that, because it reminds you that I am a sinner. It reminds me that I'm a sinner. Why should you come to me and confess to me? Well, you're not confessing to me, you're confessing to Christ. I'm just there as a witness of uh, what you're saying. Because sometimes if we don't, if we do, everything's private, we can think, you can justify it. Oh, it wasn't really that bad. You know, God loves me, God will forgive me, blah, blah, blah. He will. But sometimes we need to get it out into the open. It's like a snake in a hole. And um, you can see the, the, the tail wriggling there. You've got to pull it out into the light and then it'll go. And I've had that in my own life where I've gone to confession. Who, who do priests confess to, by the way? The bishop, you can, or other priests. We can, we confess. I've got one other priest that I confess to. So that's, that's the norm. So I probably wouldn't confess to the bishop, actually. <laughs> so I'd confess to another brother priest. Yeah, that's true, yes. But he'd be too busy with the priest all the time. So I confess to the other priest. So I have to confess too. So why come to me? I'm just, the, I'm just the person there who's witnessing it. And also Jesus in the Old Testament, in, uh, sorry, in, in the Gospels, chapter 20, he said to his disciples, if you forgive sins, they are forgiven. If you retain people's sins, they are retained. And this has been passed down through the church. So this is why the priests and the bishops are able to uh, give the absolution for your sins. So this is why you do it. So young people, when you come up for confession, we, we want to make this the norm in your lives that uh, you, uh, you, you do regularly uh, build confession into your lives. Uh, one of the things you might be, you might be worried, what, what is Father Jeff going to think of me if I tell him what I've done? You know, he's going to think bad things about me. Um, but you know what I think about anybody who comes forward for confession? I think, here is someone who wants to get close to God. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an honour and a privilege to be a priest, to hear people's confessions, and to hear how somebody wants to get close to God. That's what I think of people. So that my opinion of people who come to confession goes up, not down. Okay? Because I know what you want to do, you want to get right with God, and there's nothing better than that. As far as the practical goes, when you come up, you can come with your parents um, and we'll, we'll work through it. Uh, or you can come up on your own and I'll talk you through the little service that the Antiochians have. Uh, the first part of the service, the Trisayan prayers, I always ask people to, to pray those before they come to confession. And then we start partway down. And then after you've done your confession, then uh, I give you the absolution. When you come to confession, I'm not, uh, I'm not really uh, trying to give you counsel. I'm only trying to hear your confession and give you the absolution. But sometimes I might ask you questions and I might give you some advice about certain things. Um, 
So uh, that's really uh, the practical side of it. So th the best way to do this is to do it. <laughs> and uh, don't be afraid. Uh, the first time I went to confession, I was very, very nervous. It's normal. It's, it's quite frightening, and you wonder. Uh, the first time I did my confession in the Antiochian church to a priest, I was very worried there too. But you know what? That priest I confessed to, in the, that, uh, he was from the Middle East, He's probably my um, closest friend uh, in the uh, Antiochian church. It's amazing. So, thanks be to God. So, uh, just remember, the priest loves God. He loves you. And you're trying to get closer to God. He wants you to get closer to God. And uh, that's the best thing he can do with his time. So, may God bless you all in your uh, journeys towards God. And may God... Help us all to draw closer to him. Now to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, be ascribed to almighty majesty, dominion and praise, now and forever, and to the ages of ages. Amen.